Behind Door 6D, A Journey Through Grief. Anger. Standing in the middle of the apartment, the confusion continues. Reality is hard to swallow, but I'm not sure what dimension I'm in right now. Or if I really believe in something like that. Wasn't I just talking to her? Didn't I hear the local news playing through the wall? Thinking back, I don't know if they mentioned the date in the broadcast. Am I going crazy? I walk over to the table in the middle of the room and pick up the word search booklet on the top. This was her favorite thing to do to pass time. You could often hear her lose track of her thoughts on the phone when she was working to find that elusive word she needed to complete the page. Scanning through the book, her mark was there on on all the corners of each page. She had a signature doodle that she's done ever since I can remember. It always started with a group of circles and a grouping of dots. This signature could tell you how long she was on the phone or if she was on hold for a long time. She filled up each page with her mark. It was one of her many endearing quirks. She didn't even realize she was doing the same thing over and over without mind a pattern, shapes, or usage of each page. It's funny how something so inconsequential like a word search book could conjure up a lifetime of good memories. The book itself wasn't attached to any memories, but once I start thinking about one habit she had, it all floods back. Her laugh, her smile, her tears, her life. So many good memories shared with this woman and yet this empty apartment. This cannot be all there is now. To be honest, this was the first time I walked in after actually talking to her. There's a chance I missed something. I get the urge to retrace my steps and try again. It's mid-afternoon and I don't have anywhere to go. Plus, this is important. Frustrated, I put the word search book down right where I found it and I head back out into the hallway, slamming the door to apartment 60 behind me. The hallway sounds cavernous, but it feels familiar. I lean up against the wall and let my body slide down until I hit the floor. I'm exhausted. So I curl up, hunched over with my head on my knees, trying to calm myself down. Mind racing, I drift off. Two thousand eleven. Eva had lung cancer. The doctors told her a while ago, but it wasn't something she was ready to believe. It definitely wasn't something she was ready to tell Matt. After Joan died, Matt relied on Eva to be his rock, mother, and friend. He once told her she wasn't allowed to die, so it was Eva's mission to make sure she didn't. She couldn't bear to cause this sort of pain in Matt's life for a second time. He couldn't lose another woman he relied on and was so close to. Therefore, she would get this cancer taken care of, and then maybe tell him everything was fine once it was gone. Nothing to worry about. Eva used to smoke. She would never classify her cigarette smoking as an addiction, but it was a part of every activity, every day, over a period of 40 years, give or take a few years here and there. In the early 1990s, Matt asked her to quit smoking. By this point, Eva had tried to quit many times before, but she always fell back to needing one to make it through work or dinner or any stressful situation. But the time Matt asked her to quit, something aligned 
and it seemed like the right time to take the leap. She agreed to put the money she planned on spending on cigarettes into a jar, and after a month, she would buy something for herself. This wasn't the first time she would credit Matt with saving her life and forcing better habits. Eva and Matt spent many days a week together, often in the car driving from one parent to another, or for ice cream. Every time they got in the car, Eva would say to Matt, Buckle up for safety! But one day, Matt, likely smarter than he should have been at that age, responded with, Then why don't you buckle up for safety? Eva didn't have a good response and had to oblige. From that day, she started wearing her seatbelt. Retelling the story over the years, Eva always said she wanted to smack Matt for being a smartass. She was kidding, of course. But this time, Matt couldn't snap back with what Eva should do to save her life. Mainly because Eva did not want to tell him about the cancer. So the trick for Eva was to make sure that Matt's father, Jack, did not let anything slip in his regular conversations with his son. She felt this lie was worth asking of her eldest son. After all, she was sparing someone they both loved the pain of knowing. Or so she thought. Eva worked with her oncologist to schedule a surgery. This surgery involved cutting open her chest and removing every ounce of cancer from her lungs. In her mind, this would be simple. But the surgery did not end up as simple as Eva made it sound in her mind. The day of the surgery, Eva told Jack that he could tell Matt about the surgery. This was a just-in-case-something-happens precaution. Fortunately for everyone, the surgery went by without any major issues. They removed the cancer along with a large portion of one of her lungs. Despite a successful surgery, the recovery turned out to be much more challenging. Eva spent the first few days after the surgery in the hospital fighting hallucinations and immense pain. The pain was expected but the hallucinations were not. Eva was convinced her nurses were out to kill her. She screamed. She didn't sleep. She didn't eat. This went on for days until the hospital realized the pain medication she was on was one of the ones she had noted as highly allergic. Once they replaced the medications, true recovery started. The six months following the surgery were tough for Eva and her family. Her breathing seemed to be a problem and she always felt weak. There were many days where Eva regretted the surgery and wished she had just gone along with the cancer and had taken her chances. However, Matt was her sounding board, her encouragement, and likely the reason for persevering and recovering from this. For she could never forget the words, you can't die, Matt had uttered years ago. Eva eventually returned to her old self and habits. She resumed doing the things she loved at a slightly slower pace. Using only one lung instead of two turned out to be a little more difficult than expected. Despite that, she put on a smile and pushed through, never really complaining. <laughs>